Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Inspired Nomads. And this is another pandemic episode um, where we are going to discuss mostly our focus on uh, how we used to long-term travel and love going everywhere in the world and now are a bit grounded. And we're going to discuss lots of uh, issues surrounding that. So tonight or today, depending on what time it is when you're listening to this, I have special guest Sue Cockle, and while I am in New Zealand, she is in England. So Sue, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I am 50, turned 50 last year. Um, I have been traveling long term for about five years um, and created my blog, Sue Where Why What, um, to, to firstly, um, document my journey um, and secondly to inspire other women who are over 40 and maybe have changes happening in their lives that they can travel alone and um, travel solo so that's a little bit about my background and I'm from the UK and where uh, where were you what's your last international trip that you came back from um, it was the States actually yeah I was on a road trip <laughs> from Nashville, Memphis, New Orleans. Wow, and, uh, good thing you're sure, there. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into all of that because it wasn't quite the trip I had planned. Um, and before that, I was in New Zealand. So um, yeah, at the beginning of the year, I was in New Zealand too, yeah. So I'm very cool. jealous of so you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm very lucky to be here, I have to say. <laughs> um, so um, I know, um, I mean, you have a really, um, poignant but very interesting story about how you got into the long-term travel. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I had a, to put it mildly, I had a really bad year um, in 2014. Um, and uh, I lost my husband um, in December. Unfortunately, nine months before that, I'd lost my dad. Um, and then in between my father-in-law, actually. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was kind of a big, big deal for me. Um, and uh, so there was a lot of stuff that happened. I, I was working full time. I've had a corporate job for 18 years. Um, I was very happy there. But with everything that happened, I just had no desire to go back to that life. Um, and also me and my husband, we've been together for 18 years. And wow. uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a long time. And we were so much part of each other's lives um, that it was kind of like, I felt I needed to find out who I was kind of 20 years on from when I was on my own last time. And, um, and I went back to what I was passionate about, which is travel. And I traveled alone a lot when I was in my twenties. So it wasn't such a big leap for me. And I kind of felt that if I followed my passion and I went with things that I loved doing before I became a, more of an adult um, and had all this stuff to deal with, that that would be an opportunity for me to just find, heal a little bit and, and grieve. And to a certain degree, run away, I guess, is the other thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, at, you know, I think you've been traveling like this for roughly five years now yeah so that was 2014 2015 i had some amazing friends and family who know that i love to go away and um 
and were very much, oh, I'm going to Borneo, do you want to come? And, oh, should we meet in Hawaii? Let's go to Greece. Come and meet, come to camping with me in Oregon. So I did all of that. So I was only home for like four weeks at a time and then I'd go off with someone else. Um, and that was amazing. But then at the end of that year, I kind of realized that this is a long haul for me and I can't be relying on other people and people to invite me. I needed to kind of take control. Um, so I wrote out my life list of, I think it had 117 things on it. I wrote out everything that I wanted to do and so much of it was based around travel. Um, and then I just started moving through and, and ticking things off from there. And that kind of was my roadmap for the first, first few years. And I still have it. I renewed it last year and revamped it and everything. But, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of been my drive and my focus and my, my uh, direction. If, if you remember offhand, like, can you share like three of the things on your life list? Um, yes. One was learn Spanish. So I, I went to Cuba uh, and I was in Cuba for a month. I was in, um, staying in a casa in Havana for two weeks on a really intensive Spanish course. I had that. The other thing was learn to sail. Um, and I've done quite a lot of that. And that was taking a course, but also taking part in a regatta. So um, I've done a lot of sailing in the Caribbean and a lot of, a lot of adventures, good and bad, have come from, uh, <laughs> come from my sailing and um, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, which I did to celebrate turning 50 last year. So yeah, that was, that was, I remember the blog post. I was like, wow. And all the, I mean, I, I had trouble with altitude sickness in Peru and I was like, oh my yeah. God, that was like, <laughs> I felt for you. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I could do that. So good for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, it was kind of to see if I could do it. I was half expecting that I wouldn't be able to. So, um, so yeah, I did a lot of training. It was a huge, huge moment. But now I'm kind of like, right, well, I don't need to do any of those big things anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw it because I was in Peru. I did um, the Inca Trail at Machu Picchu, another thing that was on my list. And um, yeah, yeah I, I, I thought then, right, I don't want to leave it too long before I actually do the Kilimanjaro one because... yeah. Yeah, and I really also like how you, you call it a life list and not a bucket list. Um, I, I imagine it's slightly different anyway, but what a nice name. Well, I um, kind of thought that because bucket list comes with all these things to do before you die scenario. Right. And for me, it was kind of a little bit too close to home. So I thought, no, it's, it's not about it's not about rushing to do something. And it's not about focusing on on anything else. It's about living the life that. I'm lucky enough to still be living, you know? Right. Yep. And um, thinking about all this travel that you've done and, and plan to do, um, how are you uh, able to afford doing it? Um, well, part, well, pretty much my lifestyle has been, <laughs> been tragic. I'm kind of a very unlucky, lucky person. Um, because my financial situation has changed quite significantly. I worked very hard. I worked for a big corporation. I got redundancy from them when I left and I've been with them for 18 years. I had investments yeah. with Terry. Um, my dad, because I lost my dad, I used that to pay off. I've got, I've got uh, two properties. So I've got my house and, and a flat that we were always renting out. And I literally just moved into the flat six months ago. Um, and now I'm renting the house out. So I get the rent from that. Um, but also because, uh, because Terry was quite young at the time, um, 
and he worked for a big organization. They have insurance. And so that organization paid me the insurance money and um, okay. collectively. So, so my ongoing income is a rent for my house, but I do have investments um, yeah. and a focus on making them last as long as possible. So I don't, I'm not in any way lavish at all with anything. Um, yeah. And travel is the same. I'd much rather take public transport than anything else. So, um, so yeah, I can't, I, I'm not, yeah. It, it allows me to do anything that I want to do when I want to do it, which gives me an awful lot of freedom. That's great. Um, so speaking of public transport, um, I mean, I agree with you. I feel like, um, as I'm it's, so it's winter here. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in a place up North where, I mean, I, for winter, I don't need to wear socks. Um, I can wear like short sleeves. Um, but I went just two hours South a couple weeks ago and was freezing. So I'm, but I'm thinking like spring is coming. Um, and I would like to start traveling South, but I could rent a car, but I would rather take the bus because um, personally, I like the um, let somebody else drive, but also uh, meeting people, um, you know, and and how is it for you, like knowing that as you travel now, like, would you take public transport now? Now, um, I'm a little bit more reticent now, right now. Um, I, I got on the train um, a week ago which was the first time I've been on public transport for, well, probably since the flight I got back for, well, not that, not that the airplane is public transport, but yeah, that was probably <laughs> the last time I was in any kind of situation like that. And before that, I don't know when, but um, yeah, it's the first time I got on a train for a very, very long time. Um, and I did it because I knew I, I, I wasn't going at the busy times. We made sure we came back at the non-busy times. Everyone was all masked up because you have to be on the trains over here. Um, we, made a, we made a decision not to use the tubes. So we were like, right, we'll get the train in, get the train out and walk. Um, so I'm a little reluctant right now, I'll be honest. Um, okay. Just because of, I, 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 love, I love public transport because I think when you're overseas, it can give you a real sense of the culture of a, company, of a, of a country and, um, and the people and how they interact with each other and, and just gives you a whole different slice of life. Um, yeah. But I might be a little bit more reluctant, but it depends where you are because there are certain places that you can catch a bus and there's hardly anyone on it. Um, if you can predict that, then I'd probably feel more comfortable. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning that you were in America. That was your last trip. So um, what, well, it sounded like there's a story to tell, but I'd also like to know, did you come back because of the pandemic or was it planned before that? Um, no, I was, it was always going to be um, a two week trip. So it was going to be a short one. I was going um, to meet a friend. So the, the whole nature of the trip came about that I had a friend lived in Ireland um, she was going to the States for, um, for work. She wanted to have a holiday there. She contacted me saying, do you fancy coming? Where do you fancy going? I looked at my life list and I was like, this is, this is on my life list. Do you fancy that? Yes. So it all, so it all happened like that. But the, um, so I left here, she was already out there, um, with work and everything was fine where she was up in Washington. Um, but things were starting to happen. Um, and probably if it had been me going on my own, I would have canceled. 
but on the Thursday I was leaving at midday and in the morning got the news that President Trump had closed the borders for everyone in mainland Europe but not the UK or Ireland <laughs> so I thought right okay well officially I'm still allowed to go so I don't know where that sits with insurance claims or anything like that we were all still very much up in the air with that so um so anyway I, I took the decision to go and I went and I met met my friend Jill in um in Nashville and uh, it was a really weird thing because we arrived in Nashville knowing that all of this was going on wanting to have as good a trip as we could possibly have doing all the things that were on our list for, to do. Um, but then when we arrived, it was, a, I think it was a Friday, it was a Friday afternoon. And Nashville just seemed to be just very drunk and falling out of bars. And it, it was, <laughs> and then okay. like, now I'm really uncomfortable with this <laughs> because now it seems to recognize that there's something going on. Yeah. So it was a, like a constant torment of, we really want to go and do all these things. But when, when we were told that the Grand Old Opry and, and don't know if I'm saying that right, and Ryman Auditorium, they were closed. They weren't showing anything. None of the shows were going on. It was like, well, we're disappointed, but we're actually kind of pleased that now someone is recognizing that there's something happening. Um, and then we kind of made a decision that because of this, we were going to start moving a bit quicker. So from, from the decision of leaving Nashville two days earlier, we then had to rearrange accommodation on the hoof. We were yeah. changing everything. We had to bring stuff forward and everything forward, cancelling things to rearrange something completely different. So we were kind of on the, on the move then and everything was literally kicking off from there. Um, so we got to Memphis and we're told that all the schools had shut and lots of things weren't open. And again, on my list was Graceland. I really wanted to see Graceland and that was still open and they still seem to have like some, some good systems in there actually. I was quite impressed. Um, so then we did less time in that Memphis again. And it was when we were in Memphis, I was starting to get really worried because my concern was, um, we need to be at home because this isn't the best place for us to be. If we, if it was, we were, we were sharing a room. So it was like, if you get something, I get it. If one of us gets it, we're both screwed. Um, because who knows whether we'll be able to get any health if we need it. And who knows um, whether we'll, when or whether we'll be able to get back home again. Mm -hmm. so I was starting to get really, really concerned. And um, thinking that we just needed to, I, in my head, I was just like, right, this isn't the trip that I had planned. So we just need to get home now. Um, but the arrangement I had with my car was that I needed to drop it off in New Orleans. So, um, so we, we had a six hour drive, I think it was, from Memphis to New Orleans. We'd managed to rearrange our flights to bring them forward, which for me meant I had to fly to Dallas so that I could then fly out. And um, uh, yeah, we spent one night in the French Quarter in New Orleans. Everything was shut. Um, and so we were able to get a takeaway, sit, sit in our room. And then thankfully I was on one of the last planes, kind of the regular planes out. Um, 
and because I think it was two days after he'd announced that that um, he wasn't no one from Europe could come he included the UK and Ireland so we were already in that that group of people who can come so on one of the last planes out mine was absolutely full and um I thought at the time right if, I, if I'm catching the virus it's going to be here um yeah yeah but but then weirdly my friend who was going back to Ireland she had to do two weeks quarantine um and when I came back to the UK there was nothing nothing in the airport nothing to tell me I needed to do anything, um, anything differently. And I was like, in my head, that was outrageous because why would we have such different rules? And therefore I was like, well, if Jill has it, I have it. So I've got to, I've got to do quarantine too. It only makes sense because it's all about me giving it to someone else. It's not about me catching it anymore. Um, so yeah, so I went into quarantine and two days later we went into lockdown in the UK. Wow. So Wait, did your friend catch the virus, are you saying? No, we both, well, we don't think so. She was okay. feeling a little ill. I had a terrible cold when I first got back, but, um, but colds and runny noses and everything weren't part of the symptoms back in that, at that time. So I still have no idea if I, I don't think I've had it. Um, right. I don't know. I've, I had a friend the other day who said she'd had an antibody test and she didn't realise she had it, but she did feel quite ill at the, at the start and she's got the antibodies. So. Wow. I think all of so, us were tested. Um, so now that, um, you know, so five years, for five years, you have gotten used to um, traveling a lot <laughs> and um, internationally, and now um, you've been grounded um at least certainly internationally but but completely for a while so how how has that experience been for you being grounded and being here yeah. um it's been it's been hard i mean i live on my own i'm in a flat i'm two floors up we don't have any um any garden or anything like that so um and i moved i moved in here at the end of january so <laughs> It's kind of like, it wasn't the best timing because my house is around the corner. It's got a nice garden and everything, but um, it was in a lot of ways. So I, I, wasn't, con I wasn't convinced I'd do that well, if I'm honest, because I was struggling a little bit at the start of the year. My sister lives in Australia. She's the only family, her and her family are uh, my only family now. And, um, and so I left them with the expectation I'd be going back in September. And um, five years post losing Terry, I was I was in a very weird place. I think I've been charging forward for so long, um, and then it kind of. So I wasn't overly hopeful, um, but because of all of that, I knew that I had to just focus on my mental health. Um, and it's it's one of those situations where it's like, well, we can't change it. We just got to live with it. And I, I think actually um, the grief that I've been through really helped me with it because it was like, we can't change the situation. We've just got to deal with it. Um, yeah. And at least it will come to an end. At some point it will. Um, we don't know when that is, but it will come to an end. And in that way, it's different. It never comes to an end. So as far as I'm concerned, it's, well, just, just knuckle down. You, you have to do it. You don't have a choice. Um, you, you've got to focus on the, on the current because what's gone is gone. Um, we don't know what the future is going to look like, but you've just got to knuckle down and, and get through it and focus on yourself and 
stay as healthy and fit as I could and get some fresh air and, and yeah, I took a few courses and stuff all about time management and got myself into a routine and it really got me through, I think. Um, on the note of fitness, I'm curious, do you have any tips? Because like, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying, I just feel like, I like COVID is not a, not a good time to lose weight. <laughs> Oh, do you know what? No, it's really not a good time to lose weight. And I have to admit, I've been drinking a lot of wine and uh, gin and I've been eating. And, but, but I think, again, it's kind of eating on your own <laughs> all the time. So I, I have like this delivery that I've had, which is two meals, like six meals, but each one lasts for this for two people. So each one lasts for two days. And that to me has been really good for portion control. situation everything here is an uphill and like a steep uphill and right. since I'm out of practice running like trying to get started running on hills like that I just couldn't do it so um so the Latin dance has been amazing like to you know get some cardio in and um it just you know it just doesn't feel like enough but it's like, yeah but it's been nothing so. but it's a fun way of keeping fit as well oh yeah and it's it's one of those things where I mean the teachers really good at it. Most of us are not anywhere near as good as she is. So I don't know what I'm doing. I just I figure I'm doing something, and it's and it kind of all works out. And you make friends with people because like you you felt good and you twirled and. <laughs> 
So it's all good. Oh, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant way of meeting. I, I learned, um, I've taken the, the times I've been in Latin America. So in, um, in Cuba, I took salsa lessons. And in Dominican Republic, I took salsa and merengue and bachata. I'm rubbish. I, I was like, I'm not a dancer at all. And I always love seeing their faces when I start and the teachers are like, but I do enjoy it. I enjoy yeah. the movement and I don't know, learning salsa. I was just sweating yeah. like anything. And we do like, yeah. We started with an hour and then we went for two hours and yeah, just really loved it. It was a great brain break as well from, um, from spending so much intense time doing the Spanish lessons. It's great. So you mentioned also that you are going on a trip this weekend. Um, so where are you headed? Well, <laughs> um, my friend, <laughs> wanted to go away she's a teacher so this is the summer holidays um and she's like i just want to go and relax on a beach somewhere and so that's what she that's what she's been saying to me so so then we both had a chat and we both realized that she travels a lot as well and both of us were i don't feel comfortable to get on a plane right now so we had a rethink and decided that we're going to go on a road trip instead so go to the places that we've kind of talked about and have been on my list. Um, and now there's no tourists there. Yep. So we're driving up to Scotland on Saturday for 10 days around um, Fort William and the Isle of Skye and Oban and the Isle of Mull. And um, yeah, it's just beautiful around. So, kind of thought it was maybe a good time to go and just try it. So again, no public transport, no flying. We're in the car together. We've kind of created a bubble um, between two of us. She lives on her own as well. So um, yeah, we'll see how we go. But before yeah. that, I've done a lot of research and spoken to people about what do we need to do to make ourselves feel comfortable and safe. Um, and um, I've just written written a post on it actually, but um, yeah, so it's kind of like all the research that, that we've done and things that I've heard that can make us feel more comfortable. So of course we're taking masks and bucket loads of hand sanitizer and all sorts of other things that wouldn't normally be on the list of stuff to take. What, um, can you share a few of those? Cause I'm sure people listening would love to know what those are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a there's a, a hotel. Well, there's a hotel chain here. First of all, called the Premier Inn. And my friends. Um, and normally, I'm a big fan of independent. I love Airbnb, independent small boutique hotels, um, but uh, or self catering accommodation. But what she said is there's a, there's this this chain, and they've been housing doctors and nurses through the whole pandemic. So the theory is, well, they'll be really good at it. Um, so we're staying in a few of those where we can. And other than that, we're going with um, some small like B&B accommodation, but with the ones which, because everything only really has a review up till March. <laughs> so right. taking reviews from March. Yeah, and um, booking.com gives a cleanliness rating. So we've gone for places that were really clean beforehand and recognized as clean because we think they're gonna have really high standards coming out of the other side of this. Um, taking antiseptic wipes and antiseptic spray to spray everything down in the rooms for when we arrive. 
um, and then asking to not be disturbed once so nobody else is coming into the room. Um, potentially taking out teas, coffees, crockery, all of that kind of stuff. We, we, we're taking like um, spoon, sporks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've yeah. got our own stuff. Um, what else have we done? There's, there's been quite a few things. And actually I, I, I interviewed, I've got a friend who runs some um, property. She's got some holiday let properties. And so I thought it'd be interesting to hear her perspective as well. So I kind of did an interview with her the other day, which I still need to need to write up and just hearing all of the things that they're doing now to make sure everyone is comfortable and um, safe. It's, it was a really good learning point for me because I, 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 I thought it, we need to support the tourism industry. The tourism industry currently is on its knees everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so that to me says I need to go and I need to be traveling and I need to be telling people what they can do to make themselves feel comfortable to travel, but also how I found it. And we need to go out there and you shouldn't be scared about it. And chatting to my friend right. Tracy was great for that because all of the stuff they're doing, um, and she sent me all of the guidelines that they send out to their guests beforehand and what they give them and all of these, these things that, that, organizations need to do and businesses need to do and, and I figure that everywhere needs to be really vigilant because if they're not now they will close and if they close again they won't survive so it's in their best interests to keep us as safe as possible and to be as vigilant as possible but it's a two-way process so um so we need to we need to be conscious of ourselves but we also need to respect and 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 believe that they're doing the best job that they possibly can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when you think about uh, all the international travel that you can't do right now, what about it do you miss the most? Um, I miss the freedom um, and I miss the people and I miss the, the unpredictability. <laughs> And the every day is a challenge in a good way. Not always in a yeah. good way, but it's still a challenge and you still overcome it and you still get the buzz from that. Um, but I, I, I'm a big believer it's not really about the place, it's about the things that you do and the people that you meet when you're, when you're out and about. And um, this isn't a situation where you meet people. Um, even living in a town that I've lived in all my life, I'm kind of a little bit more distant from it now because of the, the, the choices I've made about my lifestyle. And, um, you, but you can't, you can't do anything spontaneously now. I can't just, well, I probably could just go to the pub around the corner and, and go and have a drink, but I struggle with that. I would feel, I walk past it and I'd oh, love to go in there and have a pint, but no, yeah. not to. <laughs> so there, there's, there's a lot in, in all of that that I, I do miss. And I miss the unpredictability because everything has been very routine. Um, and it's got me through, mental, mental health-wise, it's absolutely got me through, but um, it's chaos, I think. Yeah. Um, when um, things eventually 
look better. Um, do you see yourself going back to all that travel around the world? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I, I'm not ready to stop yet. It's, it's part of my journey. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable now with traveling in the UK. So despite everything, I've got like 60 blog posts or something like that, if not more in there. And only two of them are on the UK. <laughs> so I kind of feel <laughs> there's a lot of scope. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll start with that. I, I've got, I'm very fond of the Caribbean. I spent a lot of time there over the last, um, the last few years. And um, I'd like to go back. And I think the island's desperate. I mean, cruises, who knows when cruises are going to come back to the islands. Um, who knows when the big all-inclusive resorts. So I lived in Antigua for six months. And it's all about the all-inclusive resorts and the cruise ships. And they're not coming anymore. And who knows when they're going to be kind of like properly opened up again. So, um, yeah, I, I, I see myself definitely traveling. I see myself traveling a little bit differently. So before this, I was thinking more more about the carbon footprint of all the flights and stuff and thinking, well, boats and trains and and try not to fly if you if you can avoid it kind of thing. And, and I think that's just, it's just reinforced it. And it's also reinforced to me the importance of carrying on supporting smaller businesses um, and local businesses um, wherever you are. Um, anything that's local is a, is, a, is a positive thing. Even just in my hometown, I've started to buy I found some local gin the other day, local honey, local someone who makes chutney. <laughs> All right. Yes. Like five pounds. Oh my God. Yes. The UK has some really good gin, I have to say. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um uh any um any last like comments or feedback that you want to share with the listening audience? Um, I think it, it is just, it, it's about, I think from here on in, it's about, do, it's always been about doing what you're comfortable with. It's like when you've seen people out there on the streets, some are wearing masks when we weren't supposed to wear masks. And although initially I struggled with it looking very sinister, um, and I'm very much into communication and when half the face is covered, you can't communicate in the same way. Um, it's, and we've all got to do it. So it's, yeah. it's not, a, it's not about keeping yourself safe. It's about keeping other people safe. Um, and I've kind of lived for the last few months, assume you have it, which I'm unlikely to, cause I live on my own. I have no contact with people really. Um, but I still have to assume I have it and I don't want to give it to someone else. And I kind of find right. it frustrating. But I, but I think it's time that we need to get out there. We all need to, this is the challenge now, is it's, it's do what's slightly outside your comfort zone. But we need to be, we need to be pushing it because we need to get back to traveling and we, we need to get back to supporting businesses or they're going to close and we're not going to have the choice and the freedoms and everything that we've had, we've had before in the past. So I think we need to do it in a sensible way and a way that, that we feel confident with. Um, but at the end of the day, all of this has been about trusting each other. Yep. Is, I go to the supermarket. I have to trust that the person who's serving me is doing it in a sensible way. And they trust that I'm going to keep my distance from them. And, and it has all been 
we're, it, it's been a weird time because we're all highly suspicious of each other, but we have to trust each other at the same time. Right. Interesting. Point, point, yeah. point is not that different from traveling on your own as a woman. <laughs> Good point. Yes. <laughs> um, you know what? I realized, sorry, I, the, um, let's end on the, um, there was a story that I actually was eager to hear from you because you wrote this great post about going into central London for the first time in a while and all of the weird, like, haven't done this for a while. So can you just share that as well? Yeah, it's, it's like, I feel I've had a bit of a hermit's existence. I think we all have to a certain degree. And um, yeah, I went into London. My friend had tickets for an Andy Warhol exhibition, which I was so excited about, just kind of like escaping from my own little world that I've been in for, for months. But it included, I, it, was, it was kind of full of excitement and so much trepidation at the same time. Because I, I was getting myself ready to go out. I put makeup on. And although often when I'm traveling, I don't really wear makeup very much. I always keep some. And I kind of forget how to do it. <laughs> Not that I wear them all that much. But I kind of like, what do I do next? <laughs> and, then, and then there was the whole fact of um, actually getting dressed. I've been wearing the same outfits on rotation for, for months. So just actually looking at my wardrobe to wear something was quite a thing. And then putting on my jewellery. And I, I was so yeah. excited to be putting on jewellery for the first time <laughs> in ages. Um, and then there was the trepidation of then getting, into, getting onto the train and, and getting there. And what's it going to be like when we're out and about with other strange people? And... It was, it was a very, very interesting process, but it, I think it did me a lot of good and it did me a lot of good to kind of push that and to go there because I wouldn't have done it. I've kind of, my concern with this whole lockdown thing is I've become very um, focused on my own little world and yeah. that's not good. So I need to get out there and I'm looking forward to it, but small steps. <laughs> Cool, but good it, on you. That whole excitement. I mean, even putting on a bra, it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I put one on for this, but let me tell you, most of the time, I'm not wearing one either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, I feel special. <laughs> <laughs> I go into town without one, though, but I'm in a smaller town. So. <laughs> I have been on a few walks, and I'm like, mm, no, don't do this again soon. <laughs> I wonder how many women out there like through the pandemic like not wearing a bra and feel like so much better oh so <laughs> much better so much better yeah <laughs> I'm telling you like it really does feel better so I any any women listening if you haven't tried it stop wearing a bra while you're in lockdown it change life yeah, it really well. Nothing <laughs> more important to be worrying about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sue, um, that was a that was a super good fun um, ending. Um, can you let uh, people listening? I'm sure we'll have questions for you. And I love your blog and your stories. And I want people listening to know um, where they can find it. So can you share best contact information? Yes, sure. So my blog is called Sue Where Why What, which some people get confused by. So I work on the where do you go, why do you go there, what do you do when you're there is kind of my structure. So Sue Where Why What. And basically I'm everywhere. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Pinterest, 
uh, YouTube, everything. I'm Sue Where Why What. So so look me up and let me know that you found me through through Heather because we've been following <laughs> each other for a while and I love your I love your stories from New Zealand as well. Oh, thank you. No, they they really entertained me. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Um, and sorry, is your website, is it .co.uk at the end? No, it's actually .com. So suewherewhywhat.com. Yeah. .com. Perfect. Cool. Um, well, Sue, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. I have actually wanted to talk to you in this series for quite some time. So, you know, I'm um, sadly we had to do it for the pandemic and not like sharing our like in the moment adventures. But you know, who knows? Maybe we're going to meet in person and have live adventures together one day. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, I love yeah. That. Thank you. Thank you but, for having um, me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed having you. And for anyone listening or watching, um, if you would like to be a future guest on the show, you can apply to do that at www.interviewquestionnaire.com. Feedback is always welcome. You can let us know how you like the show. You can uh, send me any questions you'd like me to ask future guests about uh, the experience of not being able to travel lockdown or travel itself anything you want in that domain and you can reach me at heather at heathermarkell.com thank you so much for listening to another episode of the inspired nomads until next time take care bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.